Welcome again to the seven golden rings, class number seven on this one. Again, this one is uh, Positive Masculinity Crusade, copyright 2020. We've got, a, we've got some really good stuff for you. Monday morning functional things today, guys. We just finished up part one about the shame hierarchy and the damage that shame does in our, in our faith, in the societies we live in, our schools, families. Today, part two on shame relief. That's our class number seven. Part two is a topic that's near and dear to all of us. We've all been affected somehow. This one's about shame and suicide. And so this one's heavy duty, but we've had a lot of traction in this in our local outreach group that we've started here. So I'm gonna dive in, I'm gonna try to keep this short, but uh, we wanna get all the content in. So I wanna make sure I get in here real soon on this. One of the things that we wanna go over and on our side of it, okay, there's a lot of things, what we have gone to, to put this all in a cliff notes, Yes, it's suicide calls. It's thoughts of suicide, and we, we get all that. But we have started calling that Jayhawk calls because in all these great and grand noble things that we do out here, Abednego, we get caught up in some theoretical stuff sometimes and topics and relationships. While we're doing all that, there's some guy out in Kansas today right now, okay, who's trying to find a way, a, a bullet, a rope. He's trying to find a way to end his life because he has no hope and there's just shame everywhere. Just society, his family, whatever, just dump shame gravy all over him, okay? And so that's why we call it a Jayhawk call. And this particular show is about what do you do when you pick up the phone call at 3 a.m. and somebody's on the other end of that thing and they're trying to find a way to end their life. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into this real quickly going to dive in here. One of the things that we know, I'm going to, I'm going to break this down and we're just going to start in on this on the Jayhawk calls. Okay. Jayhawk call. And what we know is that's a suicide call. Um, and you're going to get this. And this means suicide call. I just want to make sure everybody, I had these, we've had this a few months ago, a bad ago. Um, and this is something that resonates with our guys. There's a few things I just want to review on this particular podcast on this one, what this all means. And I want to outline what a call looks like, how you can reach people and have a meaningful impact and keep somebody alive on the other end of this. Okay. And we'll hear a little bit. Each of you have stories, different ways, different people that have come into your life. Number one is what, what we want to know on this. Okay. I'm going to go over some timelines. Okay. I'm going to go over some timelines on this. This, what we do know, this is about, it's about a seven-minute call, okay, if you are able to make a connection, okay? Look, they want to end their life. They want to get on with this thing. And you might be the very last call they have. They don't have time to hang around, talk about all kinds of frivolous stuff. They're miserable. They're filled with shame. They're shame-ridden. Everybody's dumped everything on them. They have about seven minutes that this call will go. Okay, now one of the things that I want to make sure we know in this seven-minute call, okay, is that you have to somewhere. You have to get to hope, okay? You need to get to hope within four minutes, okay? Um, and what I mean on that is that they have to have hope. You need to get um, I'm going to say this. How about, will this work for you? You need to get them to a feeling of hope. How about that? Okay. And so in, okay, they've got to get here in four minutes. If they have called you and you're 
a few minutes in here and it just sounds like the same stuff they've heard from everybody else, there's no hope yet on this. Okay. So they've got to get to hope within four minutes. Okay. And four minutes, they got to have hope. The next one I'm going to go to here is that somehow, how can we get somebody to have hope in four minutes? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say this within two minutes. Okay. Now, if you're new to all this, suicide calls, all this stuff, if you're new to this, this sounds like, how on earth can you pivot a conversation in two minutes? In two minutes, Abednego, I want you to be talking here about the AB scale. AB, what we mean is this alpha beta scale, okay? Or shame hierarchy. You've got to get them shame relief. Now, you can, get, you can use either one of these, okay? You can go AB scale or shame relief. We've had the most success going with the AB scale is what we've had, okay? And right now, I'm going to go. I've got a lot here to go. So real quickly, Abednego, um, you had a guy show up in your office, okay? Yeah. Who, who's ready to end it all. And while you're talking, I'm going to drive. I'm going to go to the next screen, and I'm going to put the AB scale on here as you talk. That'll give me some time to write this stuff on here as you talk. Give okay. us a couple minutes on how you changed a life that day. Well, actually, he he calls me. He called me on the phone. Um, he had got my number. Uh, this is a kid that, uh, and I say kid, he's twenty something. Um, but I had I had coached him in a sport while he was in junior high, and so he remembered me. And so he reaches out, "Hey, you remember me?" And I said, "Yeah, I remember you." And we begin to talk. And uh, so, I mean, we already have we already have a rapport that's going on. Um, we know each other, we small town, um, you know of each other, those kind of things. And so um, he gets right to it. And the story basically is he and his um, wife had been having some issues and uh, she decided that she wanted to get a divorce. And so um, he said, I've just spent um, 14 hours staring at a, staring at my gun and uh i figured i'd call you as pretty much one last ditch effort to uh have somebody save him um if i wouldn't have picked up or if he couldn't have got a hold of anybody else um i don't know if he's here today and so um we began to talk and uh you know we got we got to hope in a hurry um and basically, it was just, uh, it's just a matter of you got to listen to what that person's saying. Um, you got to show that you have some, you have some empathy there um, that, that, you know, you just don't go, well, that's ridiculous. Why do you feel that way? Um, you can't do that. You, you show some empathy. You've you got that rapport going. You got the empathy going. We've got the connection going. Um, and so I was able to start, uh, start picking up on the clues that he was leaving about his relationship and knew this, this is not a shame thing. It's not like he robbed a bank or he uh, committed adultery or, um, you know, he's in this huge sin, whatever. I, I knew it wasn't anything like that. I knew it was an AV problem um, because he was having problems with his wife. So you just, you'd look at, you see patterns develop. And so I went right into AB stuff and the alpha beta, um, 
and talked about how he'd relinquish leadership in his home. And I, and I was beginning to say this, so this is what happens in your home, right? And he's like, yeah, how do you know? Are you looking? And I'm like, no, man, I just know. And so we, we established all these things. And then I said, here's what we need to do. Why did you come in tomorrow? Um, let's sit down and talk about it. And so um, he did. We sat down and talked a, a little more at that, at that point. Um, but that boy, he walked out of my office with a smile on his face. Um, suicide was the last thing from his mind. And, you know, today he's in a tremendous relationship. It's with another woman, but he's in a tremendous relationship. And every time I see him, he's got the biggest smile you've ever seen in your life on his face. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show that what we do and, and a lot of the stuff I talked about with him is this parts one through six of our seven golden rings. Um, that stuff's important. And if you've not seen that, go back and listen to all those. Those It's such important information. Um, but we talked about all that stuff, but especially the AB things, it really resonated with him and it's helped him so much in his relationship today. I think one of the things that we look about um, on all this stuff that we look at is that we've got to immediately you're talking about a guy who looked at his gun for 14 hours straight or 18 hours, whatever it was. Okay. He has no hope. When you start going down this AB scale, the alpha beta scale, like we have it drawn up here, page three, okay, you're showing him how to take back control of this, Ragnar. This is an issue here where most guys in society, they're all beat up, okay, and they have no hope. There's nothing going on. So on that particular situation, Abednego, you chose to go AB scale. You could have gone shame hierarchy, but what we found is to get the quickest traction, Okay. If rapport has been established, we found the quickest traction um, to go A, B scale. We, we, we found that really works on there. Um, you know, when we talk about this, Ragnar, I know you've got guys in your life who somewhere along the way have chosen to take their life and all this, you know, means a lot to you. Guys, this is really why we're doing all this. We had suicides locally and we started going into a situation here where guys have no hope. And Ragnar, this idea about they have about 75% of control of everything that they can do on this. Can you speak on that? Just about what it means to put hope back into a guy on that. Yeah. I mean, it's a psychological principle called locus of control. And when you have an external locus of control, you have more victim mentality. You have, uh, there's, there's nothing you can do. There's no, there's no help. Everything is out of your control. It's all being done onto you. And then an, an internal locus of control is, is the, is the, is the con locus of control for somebody's uh, healthy mental uh, mindset or attitude of situation. So that means you're always looking for, there's always got to be a hand or lever somewhere that you can use to, to advance the situation, to get you out of rut, um, to get rid of depression. And so it, it's, it's kind of a growth mindset compared to a fit mindset, kind of the same thing. And so we try to get into more of a growth set or a internal locus of control so that they actually feel they can take some actions here. But a lot of times, like a Bendigo, when he got individual uh, for counseling that the suicidal individual, you know, that guy is definitely having an external locus of control that day. He, there's absolutely nothing he can do. And also he's got a major case. We've talked about this in earlier rings. He's got a major case of one-itis. And, he, and because of the program he's, he's kind of had in his life, he feels that this woman out of 4 billion women on earth 
this woman is the is the be all of his life. And so he's he's really given this woman a tremendous amount of power over him. Um and we talked about again on a previous ring about the the pallbearers, the six people holding our coffin and that kind of thing. And you know, when you have these people like this, they let the people have a vote on on their mental health and and in this case his life. Um you really got to get back to what we talked about last time, the vetting on who gets a vote here, because you're letting you're letting these these people with themselves are damaged people, maybe and things like that, and they're controlling the puppet strings of your emotions, your psychology, and potentially whether or not you're going to live or die. And uh, so I think there's a lot of things there to back center. Talk about strings, the, the uh, bodies of communication, and, and the first one being centered. You know, as far as the AB scale gets centered, and, and and realize, listen, you're a separate entity here. This person does not get a vote like Caesar, whether you're going to live or die, and, and you're giving the person the vote. And I think that's a big problem. It's 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 a really odd thing that you bring up because, as important as that is, Ragnar, I don't even need to ask either of you, or anyone listening out there. Okay. How much of this they ever heard from anyone? How much of this is ever taught? I never heard this anywhere. Nobody in any class I ever had. Master's degree. I never heard this. Okay. So as important as that is about not giving somebody too much of a vote, too much weight, veto power, okay, which we all do. And I'm going to keep moving here. But as important as that is, man, nobody talks about this stuff. That's why it's so important that we keep moving on in these, in these areas. Um, let me go back here. Um, thanks for those uh, guys on those testimonials. So on your timelines, let me go back here and I want to start up on this on your timelines. I hope this makes some sense to you all. Seven minutes call top. You've got to get to hope within four minutes, but somewhere if you don't start in on this AB scale here or shame relief here. Okay. On the shame hierarchy, they're not, they're just going to feel like it's another talk about, come on now, Jesus died on the cross for you and you got to have hope and you got such a great family and you can't just throw it all away. And they've heard all that before. They need something different. Okay. And that's why, you know, Abednego, when you went in here and it's something that we've developed over a couple, three years now, Ragnar, is this AB scale, this alpha beta scale. But immediately this puts all this hope back into them because it puts their locus, it gets them centered back again, okay, on alpha behaviors, on making decisions, on being independent, okay, of the goodwill of others or not goodwill, okay. And so let me, let me finish up on this timeline situation here. So you've got about two, three minutes to make an impact on this, okay. Right now, timelines within two minutes, A, B scale. Number four is that if you can do this, okay, I'm going to start, uh, how about if I start over here uh, on the timelines, I'm going to go here on this timelines and uh, we're going to finish up on the timeline side of it. Number four here is that if you can get to hope, okay, let's just say that if you can get to hope, then what we know for sure in four minutes, if we can get to hope, okay, then this will be a longer call, okay, and that's what we're trying to do is extend this out, okay. I think probably on that situation you talked about a bed ago, a guy was staring at his gun, looking at the gun barrel for 14 hours. Okay. Well, when 
you left him that day. I bet you had a lot of confidence. Yeah, I'll see him tomorrow for a follow-up appointment. Yeah. I'll have a follow-up appointment and we will make this happen, okay? So we know that. But I'm going to say this too. It's got to be something that, you know, and as I finish this, I'm going to go into how this looks then and how you build rapport and everything. But before I go there, I'm going to go back to you, Ragnar, um, on number five timelines. Go for the appointment. Okay. Don't just hang out here and talk. Okay. Go for the appointment. So obviously in our world today, we have cell phones. If you take a cell phone call and this guy's across town and you aren't right away in the truck driving over here, talking to this guy, there's something wrong here. Go for the appointment. Get a face-to-face -face situation in here. Okay. Do this thing. That's a life that is important. It's a breathing heart still for now. Go, go see this guy. Just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Get in and go for the face-to-face. -face. And as soon as you can do that, because again, this person called you. And that's something that you brought to us, Ragnar, is that some people talk about fluff, conversations, any old thing. One of the things that you helped us develop here, okay, and it's really, a, it's in your wheelhouse. We got to get off the cotton candy talk, okay, and move over to protein. Ragnar, tell us about that a little bit and, and how we can damage these opportunities when we see them if we just hang out here in cotton candy. Well, I think the vast majority of people that are, and not, and not just this demographic, but in general, uh, young kids, men and women, um, I think you'll find that when life is, when you have external locus of control and you're feeling depressed and shame, all these kind of things, you, you have you have any deep bonded passionate friendships with other men or other people but we're talking about men here so stay with that society as a whole is trying to isolate men and 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 take away any potential uh, gatherings of men there's all kinds of things for women now there's women there's women hospitals there's women everything but you have men's clubs so they, they expose up and so it's very hard for men to gain that masculine intimacy, and and which is crucial. I think it's crucial not only for the development of young men, but for the maintenance of the mental for older men. Is that is that cultivation masculine intimacy is so powerful? It's been in the warrior cultures for for millennia. You know, it, it, there's books written on it. There's a great book out in all. I got his last name is called Tribes. It was a bestseller a few years ago. It talks about that warrior ethos. That develops that intimacy among men, which is why some of the guys that come out of combat want to actually go back, leave civilian world, and go back into combat because it's a level of intimacy they never experienced before. And it's a, it's a it's actually a beautiful energy. And so I think that those are protein relationships. And so most of these guys that are thinking about suicide and depressed, they don't have they they have maybe a thousand Facebook friends and they tweet and they have. Instagrams and that, and they say hi at church, and they maybe, you know, talk about local news, local sports, or something. Went up into somebody at the gas station. It's all cotton can. There, there's no depth. There's no protein. There's no no real intimacy in those relationships. And I think there's an inverse proportion. That the more protein relationships you have, especially with other men, the less a chance you're going to be depressed and commit suicide. And I think really important, and we're going to do that. We, we the group that we built down there. I only have the meetings down there. Now there's the third Friday group. Every third Friday, these guys, some of these guys were suicidal. They get together with brothers and they go out and 
take over a dinner for a few hours, solve the world's problems, you know, and, and they love, they came to give because these guys two years ago were isolated, nothing cat relationship, and suicide, all alone, equal control. There's no way to turn us around. Now they're getting in a bus of a bunch of guys joking down the road, going to a dinner. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's those protein relationships. I, it's hard to do the seven minutes, but if you can bowl on some of that, that masculinity on, that's the men's part of it. I think initially you got you got a little cold glass of water and get the AB scale on. But if you have to stick long term, you got to bring in women, women come and go. You know, let's just be honest. We will come and go in these relationships. But the male intimacy, they want. I mean, listen, the three of us on here have any contracts about uh, our interests. And, and our committee, there's, there's not legal document between the three of them. But we all three trust here. We get all three and we're, you know, any 10 grand shot and don't have any clicks. We're all going to show up, you know. And so I think that um, these guys need that kind of Tijuana jail friends in, in, in their lives to maintain so that they don't go next time they break up girl, they don't go back into a subtle situation. And so I think that the protein relationships, you do that in seven minutes and discuss it. You know, you, you can diagnose that they don't have that, which is, which I guarantee you a hundred of the time that's the case. But I think for the maintenance, which is a lot of these guys that meet with third Friday group, the reason they're still alive is because they know third Friday, they're going to get together and they're going to have that brotherhood. And they all have their their, their letter jacket there, the almost suicide group, you know, that letter jacket. Oh, you know, they're getting a letter jacket, and they almost suicidal. And so they all have a connection there. And I think it's so important for the maintenance of this. And, that, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a unique thing that we've developed that you're talking about. Okay, we've got a brotherhood, and there's anywhere – the, the rotating guys, uh, 50 to 60 guys have come through our program. I think the number is 62, I think. And so anytime we've been, we're all in a group chat. Okay. The other day, one of our guys, uh, his wife, uh, I, I believe she had a stroke. Um, and the reason I say that is because initially it was supposed to be an aneurysm, then it was a stroke. So I don't think we have the full diagnosis yet. I think this was 24 hours ago, 48 hours ago. And he's up at the hospital right away. He's got 20, 30 guys you know, checking on him, see what he needs, see if any needs a ride or where we have to eat prayers going up, obviously, but this is what we have. And so every third Friday we do, uh, just like, uh, Ragnar said, we all get together, we eat. And then a lot of us at different times we meet, you know, uh, in between times and we build this though. It's our Tijuana jail friends. So we get a call in the middle of the night from somewhere in Tijuana. We're going to bring the commandos in. we're going to bust in the top of here with all of our stuff and get our guy out. Okay but it's because we develop protein on these relationships to build this intimacy. Okay. And I'm going to keep going on this Ragnar. I'm really glad you brought up, uh, you know, I didn't have that on my notes uh, as far as, you know, T1 jail friend, but that's an important concept um, of Bendigo that we've developed. Let me go here. I'm just going to review this real quick because I've got to go and break down what the actual call looks like. But the timelines are this number one is it's a seven minute call. Number two is, You've got to get them to hope in four minutes. And the quickest way we've found to do that is it'll get there. If you can get within two minutes to move in and transition, pivot that conversation. 
over to an AB scale conversation. And that's going to look something like this in your AB scale outline in your breakdown. That's how that's going to look. Okay. And your other parts of the timeline, then what we're looking at on timeline items, if you can get to hope in four minutes, you're going to have a regular, not regular, you're going to have a longer call so you can make an appointment and you've got to build enough time in here so you can get them to face to face. Okay. We, we've had uh, one, one of our guys called, um, I got this text, I think it was about 2.50 AM and it was three minute. It was a three, 3 AM call on this, a Jayhawk call. Okay. And so we went down here, Abednego got a hold of you. Um, we stabilized that situation. Next night we went down there, drove an hour and a half, you know, met with this guy. It was about his son, I believe. Um, yeah. And, um, and we put a plan of action in place, got him to hope right away. Okay. So, so we could move on and he could move on and then we could sleep again at night without worrying about, is he going to be alive in the morning you know, when the sun comes up? And so th that's the timelines. I'm going to tr transition a little bit now because when we get the call, how does this work? What do we do? Okay. Number one is, and, and feel free if you're playing at home, number one is obviously you want to build rapport. Okay. And so, on build rapport, you, you gotta have a connection, okay? And so there's gotta be a connection. Now, um, there's different ways to do that, but what I would say is this, don't, don't hand him off, okay? Don't hand him off um, to somebody, he called you, okay? Don't hand this guy off and tell him to go talk to the preacher or tell him to go do whatever. Um, he called you, this might be his last call. Okay. Don't, don't hand it hand off the guy to someone else. You've got a connection. He's the guy, you're the guy you're with each other at this time in place. You had this training, you built this toolbox for this moment. Don't, don't try to hand him off to somebody who doesn't know anything about anything. Okay. And so build rapport, but you got to do this quick. If you're going to transition the phone call within two minutes to an AB scale, there's a little bit of time for some nicety and some cotton candy, but man, he's not calling you for cotton candy. He's calling you for protein, Abednego. Okay. That's what he's calling you for. Now, one of the things on this is that you have to, okay. Again, to cut through layers of shame, number two on this, you've got to show empathy on this. Okay. And I'm going to leave that at that because we just talked about that in part one on, uh, on the shame series. So go back and listen to that one. Um, but that's on the shame hierarchy video. Go back and listen to that. But this empathy is what's going to kill, show empathy, kill shame. That's what we're going to say on that. So you got to get through the shame, but you can't get through shame. Okay. Unless you show empathy. Okay. Number three on this, what I want to say on this is you got to have conviction. Okay. Have conviction. What we know is, and I think we got this from Tony Robbins. Okay. Is that, listen, man, if, Rapport is established. If rapport is established, the one who has the most conviction will rule the day. Okay. Rule the day. I'm going to put this in cliff notes. And so you go listen to the audio, but on the notes side of it, you got to have conviction. You, I mean, you, you can't go in here and be all mealy mouth, bad tone, body language isn't there and hope that this guy's going to think there's hope anywhere. Okay. So you got to have conviction, tone of voice, body language, and you got to have a plan for hope. If there's no plan for hope, there's no conviction, okay? And so that's how that goes on this. Now, this is something we've talked about. Again, if you need some help on this, contact us, okay? Crusader1921 at Gmail.
on number four on this, I'm just going to, we already went into AB scale, but here's why I'm going to say this. Uh, and we have tried over and over a bit ago uh, in our class. We put it on the whiteboard and anybody has thrown us random topics. You, you go anywhere. You, wherever you're coming from, you can always get to it with AB scale, okay? Um, you can get here from anywhere, okay? And do you remember anything ever coming up a bed and ago? Whatever problem someone brought to us that we couldn't get there within two minutes on the AB scale. Do you remember anything like that or we couldn't get uh, to with this? Uh, everything goes back there. Everything. It really does. It really does. So whatever their problem how about this? Whatever the problem, it doesn't matter. Listen, it'll always be the same things. Now, again, Ragnar, pattern recognition, right? It'll always be, when you break it down, it's always just two things, Ragnar, and it always is, okay? It's always sex and shame. Now, someone will say, oh, no, 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 not my deal. My guy had a substance. Yeah, substance abuse, yeah. That's just shame again, okay? Um, financial problem, that's just shame again. Okay. Um, someone got fired. Someone got a divorce. Someone, hey man, they got somebody pregnant. Okay, whatever. It's all sex and shame. And what we found is working through this, developing this curriculum, this content, I don't care. Whatever you bring, you, you, I, we haven't seen anything new. There's no new stuff. You can always get to a place where on the AB scale, you can help them because it puts them back in charge gets him back control and with control you have hope on this okay and I'll put number five on here it's really key I know we're trying to wrap this up you gotta get them talking okay get them talking now one of the things that I don't feel bad about but is a little bit lesser in this format Ben to go you you've been a part of all these conversations um, what we're doing here in about 20 to 5, 20, 25 minutes, we're breaking down a Jayhawk call. Ordinarily, this is a two-hour presentation, okay? So we talk about keywords, okay? If someone says, you know, they're worthless, they have no hope, these are suicide trigger comments and phrases that we've got to be tuned into. But get them talking. You got to get them talking. If you get them talking, this is a win. This is a win on this, okay? And I think, I'm gonna go back to you, Ragnar, on this. When I, when I said a minute ago, if you can just do this briefly, because it seems like I'm still having a problem with some modulation on audio, about pattern recognition, everything that we found anyway, Ragnar, is sex and shame, and how important it is to be able to recognize patterns. That's something that's helped a lot. Can you comment on that uh, just real quickly on that? Oh, with lack of awareness, human dynamics, sexual dynamics, work dynamics, any kind of people dynamics look very confusing. It looks messy. It's kind of foggy. It's, it's, it's hitting you from all sides. And, you know, you, when you're right in the midst of that mess, it's like being inside a blur. You're just, just confused and stressed. I think at, at times, we've all felt that. Once you get develop that awareness and realize there's probably around eight or so patterns for most humans, and uh, you kind of get that 20,000 foot view, the fog blows away. You get back, you're more centered, you're able to take a breath. And you once you recognize that 
if this happens and this happens, there's a good chance that this is going to happen. And if you start seeing that happen at work, with your relationships, with your kids, in a traffic jam, whatever, you can start recognizing. And so what it goes, it goes back to said earlier, it gives you back that internal locus of control. Now you feel you're in control because now if you can predict, consistency is a big uh, predictor for uh, safety and, and confidence. When you, when you have consistency in your life, now that can create some boredom. We've talked about that as far as relationship things. So you got to get up some, but as far as your own mental health, a, a positive consistency where you can recognize those patterns and know that, okay, if I do this and this, this person will respond this way. If they do this and this, if I respond this way, I'll get this result. If I respond this way, I'll get this result. And you have that consistency, just like an algebraic formula that you can, you can recognize and know with pretty good, pretty good chance that if, if you post certain things or if this person's behaving a certain way, that if you push two or three buttons there, turn through three knobs, you, you can affect some change there and also keep, keep yourself feeling like you're more in control of your life, which is going to increase your self-esteem, self-image, and it's going to decrease your depression and, and uh, your, your desire to do harm to yourself. I think that's been a really big time key item for us um in bendigo as we go through you know ragnar said some really key stuff i just i hate that we have this short time frame to get through here but he said some really key stuff here that people live until they're 80 or 90 years old or passed away and they don't ever hear this idea here that there's only about eight to nine patterns for all humans okay then i not even i know he's being generous on that because there's probably really five or six but just because there's some outliers in today's world, we're going to say eight to nine. There's not 50. You don't have to know 20 things about to, to understand about people. And someone will raise their hand even on this thing and say, hey, you know, you're not going to get to someone have hope in two minutes. Um, what are the mechanics of that um, when you look at that Abednego? How on earth can you get to put in hope within, you know, on an A, B, scale? you just talked about all that. And so how do you pivot a conversation immediately and, and start short circuiting that negativity and someone's life out of control? How do you do it? Give me 30 seconds on if you, if you're telling me a band to go, you can do this in two minutes, then you give me 30 seconds right now. And you give live demonstration on how you do this. Go. Well, basically this is what I, this is what I would do. It, it, depending on whether or not you have report, you, you got it. You got it. You got to get that report. You got to, Find something that ties you with that person, whatever that is. If you're both into hunting or racing or, or reading books or whatever, you got to find something just that you're human beings. You're human beings and, and you both have relationships with people. I mean, find that thing that ties you together. And, uh, and then, then you can begin to, through that conversation of asking those questions, you can begin to develop those, find those patterns, and then you then you smack the you smack on the A B scale. You you're you're gonna you're gonna hit on that. But to me, it's all about finding that pattern. Okay, what 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 is the issue here? What's the underlying issue? He's not telling me. He's telling me this thing out here that he thinks it is, but it's really this thing over here. So once I once I think I got the pattern, 
then I can go in and I can start hammering him and saying, well, I bet when you do this, this is what happens. And then he's like, oh, yeah. And I, well, I bet when you do this, this is what happens. Oh, yeah. And how do you know? Are, are you watching me? No, man, it's a pattern. I don't tell him it's a pattern, but I'm like, I'm like, no, man, I just, I just know how it is, you know? And I said, oh, and then I'll say, I want you to know that I can help you fix this. We, we can get through this. Abednego, you know, so, okay, make there, there's patterns. We recognize, and, you know, uh, Ragnar, you said there's eight to nine of them. That's good. That's good enough number for me. Okay, so, Ragnar, you're in the middle of this, or, I mean, Abednego, you're in the middle of this deal. Somewhere along the way, you have to make a guess. But every one we've yeah. seen is sex or shame. So that's an easy one. Just pick one. Just pick yeah. one of these, right? Yeah. Yeah, every single time. I mean, it really – most of the time when I make a guess, it's right. If, if I'm yep. not a hundred percent sure, um, it, I've, I've, I mean, it's a high, a high amount of the time. It's right. There's, there's only one I remember that I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure of, and I missed it first time, but I got it the second time. So, um, you know, once, once you start doing this and, and don't be afraid to have those conversations. I, I, I think you were dead on when you said, don't hand them off to somebody else. They called you because you are probably the last, the last person they're reaching out to before they go do that thing, whatever it is. And so they're reaching out to you. You got to take it, whether you feel like you're ready to go or not, whether you think you're going to bumble it up and whether you're like, now wait, was I supposed to do empathy or rapport first? Man, it doesn't matter. Come alongside that dude, get them talking, um, have a conversation with them. It, try to, try to come, try to, read into their life a little bit, try to identify that pattern and, and give, give them some hope that things can be different. Man, I, I think, I think we can fix this. Why don't we meet tomorrow? And, uh, and you save them from another day. Now, in the meantime, when you're waiting for that meeting, man, you might be calling all kinds of people for some help. You might be uh, emailing us like crazy going, Hey, I got this situation. What do I do? That's perfectly fine. Um, but you've got to, you've got to set up that next meeting. Yeah, uh, you. It's so crucial to do that. You you don't want to just have this conversation and then just leave it, but you want to set up that and have that eyeball to eyeball where um, you're looking into their eyes, they're looking into the, your eyes. They can see the conviction that you have about it, um, and so th those are important important to do. You know, one of these things that has stuck with me, and I don't remember Ragnar. You were there probably. It was probably a Tommy Robbins. Uh, conference we went to. He said, man, B to B, you go belly to belly here, all right? And you're going to go eye to eyeball. This is how it has to be. Guys, we've got to wrap it up. Um, Ragnar, top takeaway on all this real quickly before we close. Well, I, I think it goes back to the locus of control thing for me. I, I think I think Brian Tracy's where I first I mean, I heard in psychology in college, and then Brian Tracy hammered at home in a great book called Maximum Achievement about locus of control. And you know, you just you got you got this guy in a, in, a, in an ocean of emotion, you know, an ocean of emotion. He's just he's just drowning out there. And as soon as you can hand him a tether, a rope, a buoy, something, some kind of hope or whatever, you're trying to get him to hold on to a rope, get him a, a, a light to grab there as quickly as you can. Then once you have them on that hook, then you can start hooking on more of those hooks until pretty soon you got a net around him and you're pulling him in. But that first hook. It's got to get there quick, you know. Yeah. It's got to get there very quickly. 
and to give him just a smidge that there, it, he does have some control here over his own destiny, his own life. And I, once that's there, then you can bring other hooks in, develop that relationship, and then go back to getting him that intimacy as quick as possible. Start showing what he needs to look at to vet these people and start getting himself in a group or something, uh, even if it's a shared hobby or something. But develop some male intimacy there because I promise you that's one of the biggest things that's missing in the vast majority of these men that are suicidal. If they had a group of brothers that cared and loved them that they spoke to on a weekly basis, I don't think these guys would suicide as much. I think it would be a, a big decrease in these guys doing that. I know it would. That's the, that's the anecdotal research we've got. Um, I don't, I don't claim to be an expert on anything and there, there certainly are a lot of things I don't do well. Okay. But this isn't one of them. Okay. This ability to reach into people, Abednego, to build relationships, to bond, to provide hope, to be there. This is something that we do. Okay. Uh, real quick, Abednego, um, quick close out any review points on that force. Well, we know, and I, I say all the time that suicide is, it is a, a permanent fix to a temporary solution to a temporary problem. And, um, you know, you can't go telling people that that's not going to fix it. Um, if they're a Christian, I'll tell you another thing. If they're a Christian, you can, you might be able to quote some scripture and shame them into maybe hanging on another day or two, but it's, it's not fixing the situation. Whatever the situation is still there. And if they're a Christian, they probably already know those scriptures. They've probably already been praying about it probably already reading their Bible. What they're looking for you is a real solution, like a real, like tell me something to do, get me to hope. And so you, you, this is why it's so important to know these topics that we're talking about to, to have studied it. Um, so you can have something to tell him to get him to some real hope that he can apply that very day that he can start, he can start applying that. Yes. Jesus is our hope. I would never say Jesus is not our hope. He is our hope. But if you're talking to another Christian, he already knows that. And he's still in this condition where he's ready to commit suicide. You've got to give him some real hope. You've got to give him something that he can hang on to, something that's going to get him through to the next day and the next day and the next day. Um, we, we, will, we will begin to talk. We'll keep talking about that. And we'll, we'll try to deepen that relationship with Jesus. But, um, you know, we've got to have things here, too, for people who aren't Christians. If I, if I can help save somebody's life, if I can help save somebody from suicide, man, they're going to be open to listen to me when I talk about Jesus. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's really key on that is that we're trying to reach people. Okay, I can't reach them if they've already yeah. pulled that. I can't reach these people. Okay, and, and we have guys who've told the most horrific, heart-wrenching stories about how they try to end their life and they went through all the bullets in the drawer and they couldn't, nothing worked. And they went to the hardware store and they didn't want to spend $15 on a whole new box of ammo because they only needed one bullet that worked. Okay. And they got to fight down at the hardware store with the guy. But one of the things I'm going to close with this is this ABC concept, right? Always be closing. And, and it's harder to find a, uh, a more dramatic demonstration of that than Jesus on the cross. He's got a criminal criminal on each side of him. And all he's thinking about is, man, I'm still alive here. Maybe another 15 minutes. How do I reach these two guys, right? Always be closing, guys, okay? This is your chance. A call comes in at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. I don't, I don't care about it. Call, finish this call. Close this person. Close them on hope. Close them on a better life somehow, okay? And at that moment, at that moment, 
use whatever tools that are in your box that we've developed all this time. Again, the Crusader here, Ragnar, thanks for being here. Abednego, guys, on shame relief here, part two, shame and suicide. We're going to finish up part three in a minute on this three-part series. It's all part of the seven golden rings. This is class seven on shame relief. If you have a question, call us, Crusader1921, Gmail, or email us. Email us, Crusader1921 at Gmail. Guys, we'll come back another time. You guys have a great day. Thank you.